Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to Branching Out, an upbeat, friend-building, Christian-uniting ministry. We discuss current issues in our Christian faith, chat about our lives, do a devotional, and offer prayers and praise that you share with us. Never be alone. Join us. You can reach us at our Branch branch Living website at branchliving.com. You can also reach us through Facebook at Branch Living. There we have an international community and it would be a privilege to have you join us. There you can also comment, post photos, prayer requests, praise reports. So join us on Facebook at Branch Living. You can also always email me directly with your prayer requests and praise reports at lisa at branchliving.com. So we try to record the podcast two to three times a week. Lately, it's been more like two. Um, And here we begin about our day. We talk about uh, things that we're doing. We share a prayer request and prayer time, uh, and we open together. But the heart of our podcast is our Branch Living message. We chat about issues in our lives. We move to Christian news, views, and events, or interesting good news stories. And then we have a brief devotional, and right now we are in uh, reading Charles Spurgeon. And then we end with your comments, your prayers, and your praise reports. So join us and spread the word. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have your family and friends join us. And so with that, let's just get centered in the presence of God and open our time together today. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We set aside all of the noise of the world, and we just come together as a Christian family uh, to praise you, to pray together, to do some learning together, um, and really just to share each other's lives. So be with us, Father, as we go into this latest session. Be with each of us today and throughout the weekend. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. So today in Branch Living, we're focusing on N, which is new and renew. And, you know, um, as Christians, we have many expectations. We read about blessings. We read about peace, a bright future, and a purpose. And all of that is true. But how about endurance? You know, in my Bible study last year, I learned that a theme that repeats itself over and over in the Bible is endurance. According to the website Knowing Jesus, the words endurance and endure occur 180 times in the Bible. You know, somehow I never learned that in Sunday school. And to be honest, I don't think I ever taught it in Sunday school either. But if you read the Bible in its entirety, you quickly pick up this theme. People fearful that they wouldn't be able to endure. People praying that they and their children will endure. Promises from God that the obedience will help them endure. Messages to kings that they will not endure. So what is endurance and why is it so prevalent in the Bible? Dictionary.com defines endurance as to hold out against, to bear without resistance or with patience, to tolerate, to last, to suffer without yielding, to suffer patiently. So this is not the most uplifting theme, but when you closely examine this theme, it contains all of our hope. When God tells us to endure, he is not telling us to look inward, buck up, have a stiff upper lip. No, when God tells us to endure, he is telling us that rough days are ahead. 
They are always out there somewhere and we eventually arrive at them. But the promise he makes to those who believe in Jesus is that he will give us the strength not only to get through those days, but also to thrive in them. The key is that our strength is in him, not in ourselves. Much like a tree next to a river, the tree drives its roots close to the soil in the river so that the river so that the tree can pull the river water up and thrive. So strong winds, fire, drought may come, but the tree will thrive because it draws the water from its river. I think as Christians, we often seek a life of ease. A minister I listen to refers to this desire of ease as retiring to the lake house. But he quickly points out that as Christians, our purpose in life is not to have a life of ease. Instead, it is to point the world to Christ. And we live in a world that stands in opposition to Christ. When our purpose is to represent something that the world opposes, we will not have a life of ease if we do our job well. But Jesus reminds us that he has overcome the world. The victory has already been won. We are here to point to Christ so that in the end, we become signposts pointing the way by the lives we live, by the prayers we offer, and by the deeds we do. So a new expectation I am cultivating is to endure, to enjoy life along the way because my strength and my hope is in the Lord. He never fails. When we anticipate hard times, we can reframe them as periods of growth and endurance. When we realize that we are not to live with the primary goal of retiring to the lake house, that our life's purpose is not to live in ease, when we fully embrace the goal of living in Christ, so to show his love and his way to a desperate world, we find our meaning. And when we put roots deep in this river of living water, we find true joy. So endurance is not painful. It leads to joy. Endurance leads to growth. It is a journey with a purpose. The final definition in dictionary.com provides for endure is to have or to gain continued or lasting acknowledgement or recognition as of worth, merit, or greatness. I'll repeat that. To have or gain continued or lasting knowledge or recognition as of worth, merit, or greatness, as in his place have endured for more than three centuries. This definition of endure applies beautifully to our faith because Christ endured the cross. Because he lives in us, our faith will endure. It is a fact. It is a promise. Faith, joy, everlasting life, and finally heaven. However, endurance doesn't always feel joyous. Sometimes it is heavy. As we endure, we often slog it out. Certainly enduring this pandemic has felt like this for all of us. What I encourage you to do while you endure is to find oases along the way, these bright landing spots that offer peace and refreshment. So here is an example of an oasis you can enjoy this month. Take a few minutes and look ahead, really look ahead. What are you looking forward to when the restrictions of this pandemic are finally lifted? 
What have you missed most? What brings moments of joy to your life? So here are a few that I look forward to. First, I look forward to seeing my parents in real time and having dinner and real conversations with them, not by Zoom. Second, I look forward to going to church. We've been doing online church. I look forward to going back into the church building. Third, I want to just absolutely torch my face masks. I plan on having a burning ceremony for them. Um, I can't wait to go back out to restaurants and go out to eat. I miss hugs. Um, I'm used to hugging staff members. I'm used to hugging uh, people in my orb, church members, and uh, those days have not been here for quite a while. I miss travel, uh, miss travel tremendously. I miss crowds. You know, I never thought I would say that, and I wouldn't want to be in crowds often, but just the ability to be in a crowd of people, I really miss. Baseball games in stadiums filled with fans, coffee with friends, and then just being with humanity, seeing faces, even if I don't know those individuals. This list, when I read it, just reading it brings me happiness. Contemplating it is an oasis I can use to endure during this pandemic. So now it's your turn. Develop your list. Review it when you feel blue and realize that soon, very soon, this all will be yours. Endure joyously. Live your best life in Christ. Grow. Thrive. This is what Christian endurance looks like. And that is why, in spite of itself, the world finds this pure joy through Christ absolutely magnetic. So go and be joyous and endure. Um, so that's, that's our Branch Living message for today. I wanted to give you uh, just a good, happy story about, um, you know, there are happy stories within this pandemic, and this is one of them that I found. And that is a family farm in Maine couldn't make it until neighbors showed up. Uh, so this story, organic farmers Ralph and Lisa Turner launched Laughing Stock Farm and they did it through trial and error and eventually they had success and they bought a 12 acre farm in May. And so they said, our quality produce coupled with your commitment to purchasing fresh local vegetables on this sustainable family farm we will be able to serve you for years to come. That was on their website. But when the pandemic hit last year, as suppliers in the Portland area restaurants were forced to close, the farm was in jeopardy. Their main source of income was suddenly gone and suddenly left behind were eight overflowing storage bins, cold storage supply, and zero demand. Zero sales translated into zero cash flow. So with money already invested in the produce that they couldn't sell, a loss seemed inevitable. But rather than ditch the harvest, the Turners, who are both trained engineers, went to plan B. The couple opened a farm stand selling pre-bagged produce for $3 a pop. And they sent news of this new endeavor out to everyone on their newsletter and website list. We bagged up the stuff as if we were going to have maybe 10 people come for the day. And they sent it to 450 email addresses. And then as Lisa, one of the farmers said, the people started sharing it and sharing it. And then, wow, there were a lot of people coming here. The eggs were flying out of here. We went through 130 dozen in a day. It was insane. 
Realizing they were onto something, they contacted a local beef farmer and they started then selling his steak right and left. Um, initial 40 pound delivery never even made it to the next day. Even more astonishing was that customers started leaving generous tips to make sure that the farm would survive. So although they can't be sure that they're gonna be successful in this new endeavor for the long haul, they do plan to continue the stand even after uh, the pandemic ends. And so though she ends her story by saying, there is a lot to be faithful for and thankful for, and that is an anecdote to fear. And so that act of thankfulness and faithfulness is certainly an anecdote to all of our fears. And so a positive, upbeat message for our day. I want to turn now to our devotion for today, and I am reading out of the um, Spurgeon devotions. And our uh, scripture passage is from Matthew, and it's Matthew 14:30. Beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Sinking times are praying times with the Lord's servants. Peter neglected prayer at starting upon his venturous journey, but when he began to sink, his danger made him a suppliant, and his cry, though late, was not too late. In our hours of bodily pain and mental anguish, we find ourselves as naturally driven to prayer as the wreck is to dr driven upon the shore by the waves. The fox hides to its hole for protection, the bird flies to the wood for shelter, and even so the tried believer hastens to the mercy seat for safety. Heaven's great harbor of refuge is all prayer. Thousands of weather-beaten vessels have found a haven there, and the moment a storm comes on, it is wise for us to make for it with all sail. Short prayers are long enough. There were but three words in the petition which Peter gasped out, but they were sufficient for his purpose. Lord, save me. Not length, but strength is desirable. A sense of need is a mighty teacher of brevity. If our prayers had less of the tail feathers of pride and more wing, they would be all the better. Verbiage is to devotion as chaff to the wheat. Precious things lie in small compass, and all that is real prayer in many a long address might have been uttered in a petition as short as that of Peter, Lord, save me. Our extremities are the Lord's opportunities. Immediately, a keen sense of danger forces an anxious cry from us. The ear of Jesus hears, and with him ear and heart go together, and the hand does not long linger. At the last moment, we appeal to our master, but his swift hand makes up for our delays by instant and effectual action. Are we nearly engulfed by the boisterous water of affliction? Let us then lift up our souls unto our Savior, and we may rest assured that he will not suffer us to perish. When we can do nothing, Jesus can do all. Let us enlist his powerful aid upon our side, and all will be well. What a wonderful message that uh, sometimes the shortest prayers and the most heartfelt prayers are the best prayers, and that what we uh, take a long time to do 
uh, Christ can act very suddenly on our behalf and make all well. And so that is a great message for us today. During this time when we talk about endurance and when we talk about thankfulness, uh, we need to remember to always lift our prayers up to our Lord. So um, I was going to talk a little bit about prayer requests and praises. And so um, many praises I have heard from uh, healthcare workers now getting their vaccine. And we are sure hoping that the vaccine rolls out very, very soon, especially to those in the highest risk group. So we will pray that some of the clunkiness that has been taking place in rolling out this vaccine uh, will turn into a much smoother process very, very soon. Um, I have to tell you, many people message me on Facebook and I'm getting used to using Facebook Messenger. And I wanted to share just a, a funny story from yesterday. So uh, a woman from Romania, at least I thought she was from Romania, was uh, messaging me. And I have a translation service I use in one of the apps. And so what I have to do then is, it's kind of a long process, but I have to copy the text in Messenger move it into the translation service. So if one of you knows an easier way to do that, I would love to know. But anyway, then I put it, and I have to sometimes find the language. So for example, I did not know that this was Romanian um, that she was using. So I found that out and then uh, translated into English and we were kind of talking back and forth. You know, I was feeling kind of good even though it was a long process that I was able to translate her message and speak with her um, in this in English. <laughs> and. Suddenly she wrote me and she said, um, your translation is so bad, you are scaring me. <laughs> so here I'd been so proud that I was translating this. And then she wrote, this is, this is the crux, she wrote and said, can we please switch to English? <laughs> so I said, absolutely. And I said, you know, I am a 59 year old grandmother. Uh, you certainly do not need to be scared of me. And we just had a really wonderful conversation after that. It turns out she lives in Canada and always has, not Romania, but she did give me some insight to Romania. And um, also we should be praying for that country too, because she mentioned that they are really on lockdown and that COVID is spreading there. But that was um, a wonderful, uh, funny time for both of us that, uh, First of all, I was scaring her. Who knows what that translation service said, but uh, it gave us both a good laugh and uh, nice to be able to reach out across the miles in, in this way through Facebook. So prayer uh, requests for uh, one more that I have is for a baby uh, that was born and she was just a pound and a half and she was born about five weeks ago. I believe we prayed for her then. Uh, she is growing stronger, she is growing heavier, which is all good, but they are detecting some lung damage. So we want to uh, lift her up in prayer as well. So we'll come together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together to pray. We thank you for the ability, in spite of COVID and pandemics, all of the wonderful technology that has entered our lives that allows us to reach across the globe, to reach into different countries and to just talk with people, something we would not have been able to do um, even decades ago. So we thank you for this. We pray for the vaccine rollout, the safety of the vaccine. We pray that uh, those in the highest risk groups will be able to get it very, very quickly and that life, um, this even in spite of endurance, that life will start to offer us the joy that we were familiar with in the past and uh, that we'll start to live those quote normal lives again. 
We also lift up this precious baby, Father. We ask you to bring her complete healing as we know uh, you can and you do. And we thank you for the gift of healing. Be with us, be with our families as we go through this week and uh, bring us back together again soon. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Again, I want to remind you of the uh, Bible study that we do online at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, uh, 7 o'clock American Central Time. And we invite you to drop in to join us. All you have to do uh, to get an invitation, it's a Zoom meeting, is email me at lisa at branchliving, and that's branchliving, all one word, dot com. And uh, I will be happy to send you a link. Also, we are considering uh, possibly offering a book study coming up. My husband is a former professor at a couple of colleges, an adjunct professor, and loves doing uh, Christian themes in books. And so he and a friend are thinking of possibly doing that. So if that's something you would enjoy, uh, let us know that as well. So it has been great being with you and spending this time together. And until we get together again, stay close to God, stay in touch, and I will chat with you again soon.